0: The word that for this morning, um, I think the Lord, the, that the Lord has put in my heart, I, I think it's a very strong word. And I want to try to get through it relatively quickly because I'm like staring out those doors at the gorgeous sun. And I know we got potluck. I can, you can almost smell it like emanating through the door over here. But we need to take some time too to kind of give this reverence because um, it's, a, it's a special calling that the Lord is, is speaking over us this morning. How many of you know that in disorder... What what comes with disorder? What follows disorder? Chaos. chaos thrives in disorder. God is calling us as a people and, and us as a church. God is calling us to order. God is not a God of chaos. Our God is calling us to order. Because in order there is freedom. God created order and then dropped man in the middle of it and said, now rule within my order. And it's only when we try to use the rule and dominion that he's given us against, in opposition to his order, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. And the freedom that he had given us from the beginning gets infringed upon because of our own choices to go against his order. Let's jump into Matthew chapter 7. We're going to see what the Lord wants to do with us, how he wants to use order and the freedom that he's given us. Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start reading in verses 24. Matthew seven, 24, we're going to read through 27, and it says this. <clears throat> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Lord, I thank you that you have called us to be builders. You have made us to be makers, created us to create. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to look into your word and heed the instructions that you have given to use the authority you've given us in the right way to build your kingdom on the solid rock. In Jesus' name, amen. A number of years ago, um, when Sly and I were were just dating, I had just started in the in the uh, carpentry industry, and so I was learning. Especially, I started by learning finish finished carpentry, which is kind of on the inside, the more ornamental word work, the stuff that you see at the end. You know, you don't see the framing; you can see all the framers' mistakes when you try to do the finish work. <laughs> so uh, I was early in my in my years here, and um, we're coming around to Sly's birthday in September. And I said, man, I want to do something special for her. So I came up with this idea of, I was going to build her this jewelry box. And it was not going to be just a regular jewelry box. You can get those in there a dime a dozen, you can get them anywhere. This had to be this special handcrafted um, jewelry box. It was going to be on its own stand. So it had three pillars, three legs that would come up to about waist level. And it was designed to be this five-sided wooden jewelry box. And so, not only, not only five-sided, though, see, because I, I, it it's always got to be over the top with me. Not just five-sided with a flat cover, but each one of the five sides had a, um, like a triangle top that kind of came up to a point. And it was made out of mahogany, right? So there were all of these complicated compound angles that were involved to create this thing. And I started to make it, and it started out great, and I started to get really excited about it. And then when I got to creating these triangle top angles, because they not only that, now to open it, it was going to open like a a flower blossoms. You see? So they're all hinged, so now you open it up, and now you can get to the jewelry. It it looked great here. (laughs) It looked great right here. (laughs) But as soon as I got to uh, the third or fourth triangle kind of pillar there, I started to realize my limitations. (laughs) <laughs> and one of my limitations was my tools. See, I was new to the industry, and so I had acquired some tools. But you know what? Any, car- any good carpenter would tell you, you are only as good as the tools that you use. So I had this, I had this cheap miter saw that wasn't even a compound saw. It only bent one way. It you couldn't get a compound angle out of it. Trying to make these compound angles. And before I knew it, I mean, the thing was just kind of sitting there, and I said, I just wasted my money on all of this, all these screws and mahogany wood and all this, because there was nothing more I could do with it. So I had to kind of make a backup plan, and I don't, I don't know what I got her for. Maybe just some, yeah, I, I met probably a necklace or something instead of this nice jewelry box. But then I made a bigger mistake because I told her about it and showed her. <laughs> and when she saw that, she said, "What is that supposed to be?" <laughs> And so now, ever since this day, I mean, this is going back, like, what, almost 20 years? Ever since that day, she she does not let me live that jewelry box down. Remember the jewelry box I tried to make you? (laughs) No matter what I build, no matter what kind of renovations I put on the house, no matter what kind of quality it is, she will always bring that jewelry box right back to the forefront. She will not let me forget this. (laughs) I talk about this today because today I want to talk about how God has given us the power and ability to create. He wants us to create. He wants us to rule. And this is why in Genesis 1 and 2, it says that he created the world and he gave man dominion over it. He wants us to rule. And there's a way in which to do this according to his order. And that's what Matthew 7 is reminding us here, build on the rock. See, so Jesus' references, he says, when, he said, when anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, then you're building on the rock. The words that he's talking about, this is the ending statement of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus had given to all of these people. Now, the sermon included a, a, a number of teachings on just general instructions for living on prayer, the Lord's prayer is in there, on giving and fasting, on relationships, on uh, dealing with enemies, judging. All of these things are in there. And then he closes it up by saying, put this stuff into practice. This sounds nice. It's harder to put into practice, but when you do it, what you build is going to last. See, the way that the Lord builds things, they are built to endure and to last And that's exactly what he wants for each of us. Not to labor in vain, but he wants us to build things to last so that when the storms do come, they will last as well. See, we're all builders. We're all creating things. And whether or not we know it or whether or not we even are trying to, the way that we spend our time, the way that we speak the way that we interact with others around us, we are building things. We are creating something. Everything that we do is working to build either on the sand, as he referenced here, or on the rock. Every little thing that we do. I, a number of years ago, um, I had gone, and I just needed to take a retreat. I needed to go away for a couple days and just be with the Lord. And so there is, there's a monastery about five minutes that way, at um, at Portsmouth Abbey over here. And so I went and took a few days over at the Abbey. And they just have, they have a silent room that you can go and just be in the room. They'll put you up for as, as many t- days or nights as you need. They'll even invite you to share in the, the meals that the monks eat together, <laughs> which was interesting. But I, something that I found so interesting about these guys, now these, these monks are teachers at the private high school there. And they'll invite you to the meal that they have and In the evening, after they share their meal, they all retire to the rec room. The rec room is basically a library with a table and some chairs in the middle of it. And this is their fun time. This is their recreation. Now, this rec time is about 20 minutes long. And they come and they have coffee and tea. Then they will pour it in little cups and they sit and they just kind of talk, share share some stories together. Once in a while, they'll invite a couple of the students to come and spend some time with them too during their 20-minute rec time. And then when it ends, oh, it's time, everything's neatly put away, and everyone just retires and, and disappears. In the morning, I mean, and, and there's a number of them too, so you know, 15 maybe of these monks that are there, in the morning they all gather, and they all um, are there for their morning prayers and reading the Psalms together, and when that, okay, time's up, we're done, and they just disperse. And you'd almost think the place isn't even inhabited, like where do they all go? Because they all have their specific role And they are extremely diligent to following that order, that prescribed uh, order that they all have written down. Because every minute of their time is so intentional. And even that 20 minutes of rec time is building something because they need to let your mind rest and breathe and just talk. Okay, and now we go. It's kind of a prep for their going to bed so that they can rise at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Every minute of every day is intentional for, for these guys. Now, I don't think anybody in this room is that intentional about the way that we spend our time, but the truth that, I, that I'm trying to make clear is this. Every way that we spend our time, even in our rec time, our personal time, how we spend our hobbies, who we're spending our time with, we are building something. It is contributing towards building on that rock, or it is contributing toward building on The sand. Our daily routines, our hobbies, the attitude that we have, everything that we do contributes to what we build. Can you hold that thought for a minute there? (laughs) A lot of times we think that the things that we're doing don't have much consequence. But they all point in a direction, and they all lead to something. They're actually contributing to something. Just like this scripture says, depending upon how we build. If we build according to the instruction manual, that is the Word of God, or if maybe we just hear the instruction manual and then try to say, I'm going to put those instructions aside like a typical guy. and I, I know how to do this. I see the parts. I know what I need to build here. And go and kind of do our thing. So the question for us is, do our habits, does our work, does our attitude, does it fall in line with the instructions that Jesus has given us? Reference G- Genesis one, we know that Jesus is He created in Genesis one in those six days. He created the heavens and the earth, the space between them. And he went through and created this all, and then the crown of creation, he created Adam and Eve. And when he created, he gave them dominion. The whole the instruction was to now rule. Use this for for good. Last week we talked about this too. Um, when Ed was speaking, he was talking about dominion and how the, the dominion was lost when the, the fall of man came at sin. When Adam decided to oppose God's authority with his own, that's when the dominion was lost. But yet through Jesus Christ, that dominion now was restored. Restored dominion. And so this is something that we have even now. You have real dominion to build and create things. So, my question is, do you believe this? Do you believe that you have dominion? That's a powerful statement. Matthew, your thought? No, I yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amen, Amen, Matthew. And that's why the greatest commandment is to love. Because all the other instructions are summed up when we love. That's absolutely right. Thanks for sharing that. Our dominion is not not a a, a nice-sounding statement because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I am something. I am somebody. I can do something. This is reality, family. This is reality. And our dominion is something that we have to be aware of and very careful with how we exercise that. Because with authority and power comes responsibility. God has given us dominion. And how you use that dominion, what you are building, we are responsible for. We must use our dominion to glorify God. We must use it. What's an example of of our dominion in practice? Can anyone give me an example of of an example of our dominion yeah, absolutely. How we rule our families, yeah mhm-, it's good. How we rule over our thoughts, ooh, that's a good one right there. Yeah, yep. What are we doing? Are we just watching things happen around us or are we doing something to it? Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's the easy part because we can all see things and then complain. Man, we are good complainers. We have got some people that are skilled at complaining. <laughs> but that's hard to kind of take that and now let that be motivation to step up and I'm going to say, not anymore. Right, right. But when we see these things... if the the things that are concerning to us now require us, use your dominion and do something. Use our dominion. But our dominion now, the authority that God's given us to rule, it must be used in accordance with God's purpose. And this is how it all kind of fell apart from the beginning anyway. Adam was given full dominion, and in that dominion he was given freedom, up until the point where he said, I am going to use my dominion to oppose God's dominion. See, your authority goes as far as the limitations, the boundaries that God's put around us. And anytime we try to say, okay, I'm going to take this authority, I'm going to step outside of this boundary line, I'm going to step over this fence and say, I'm going to use my jurisdiction over here, you have no jurisdiction outside of where God has put you. And so our dominion has to be used in the place where he's put us. And it can't go any further than that. And that's where Adam slipped up. God said, rule. Here, all of it. Here's the one thing you will not touch. And what happens when you tell a kid not to touch something? (laughs) Boom, laser focus. That's all he sees anymore. That's all you can see is the one thing you were told not to touch. God said, rule over all of it. Oh, but that one tree, just leave that there. Don't worry about that. Don't touch it. You can have everything else. And the one thing that he ended up going after was the one thing that God said no. And in that action, he overstepped God's dominion. See, he tried to take the rule that God has given him and overrule God because he was deceived, of course, but the bottom line is he tried to overrule God with his rule. And at that point, the freedom that came with his God-given dominion was lost. At that point, the Garden of Eden, everything that he had had, was taken away from him. It says that he was removed from the Garden. Just a quick note, too, to mention, the dominion that God was given, what was the dominion over? Over all of creation. But it wasn't over people, it was over all of Creation. There was no such thing as one person ruling over another or leading another until the fall. As a consequence of sin, that's when God said to Eve, the husband will rule over you and your desire will be for him. There was no such thing as one person leading another until the fall. And that's where God had to take the ordery, the order, The boundaries and just kind of say, okay, stay within this realm and this is going to help you operate in a healthy and functional way. Nobody's supposed to rule over one another, but we're supposed to submit to one another. It's just a way of maintaining the God-given order. See, when man used his dominion to, to, to overrule God and went against his order, that's when he lost the freedom. Freedom comes in order. But we always want to buck the system we always see order as a bat, bat. We want to, it's, like, it's like a strap a backpack that's like get this thing off of me I just want to be free not realizing the truth of the matter is that order law if you will is like a boundary fence and God dropped us in here and says here go and rule go have fun go, go d- have dominion over this place but when we see a fence all we want to do is what, what's over there I want, yeah, exactly. Because, because we say, okay, I have dominion here, but I don't have it there. What's over there? If I have dominion here, I want dominion there too. I, don't, I, I can't get enough dominion up in this place. <laughs> they want more dominion. <laughs> when we see over the fence, we want to break through it. And not realizing that us trying to gain our quote-unquote freedom and break through the boundary lines, when we hop that fence, that is when we put ourselves in danger and lose the very freedom that God is trying to protect us to have. He has called us to walk in freedom and given us the power and authority to do so. But when we see these boundaries and say, I'm not bound to this boundary anymore because Christ died for my boundaries, so now I can go anywhere that I want. The boundaries are still the boundaries because that's where we're safe. That's where we belong. That's where he planted us. And so our dominion Follows us right where he planted us, and if he decides to expand our territory, so be it. Then when he says, "Now you've been faithful with, with having dominion over this area, now I'm going to grow you here. Now you have a greater dominion because you've stewarded well. See, in the kingdom of heaven, if we steward the kingdom of heaven well and we follow his order, there is only increase, there is only growth. Our territory, our rule, will not diminish and shrink as we honor God, but as we are faithful to honor him in all that we do, his kingdom will increase, and so will his, the influence that he's given us. We must acknowledge the order of things, the way that God has set them up, and not just acknowledge it, accept it, and walk in accordance with that. If we try to step outside of the fence, the boundaries that he's given us to protect us and keep us in a healthy place. We're only putting ourselves in danger and strapping on chains of bondage that we didn't know were there. They don't belong there because we don't belong outside of the boundary fence. We have to move according to his order. It says in Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why is this? We have been set free so that now we can move freely within the boundaries. See, once the fence was hopped, we're stuck on the other side of the fence. But Christ died to bring us back in. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now we have the freedom to live within the boundaries because we want to. Not because we're forced to. The fence is still there. The gate's there. You can walk out of it. But we have the freedom and ability to willingly live within our God-given boundaries now. We're not stuck outside any longer. He's brought us back within the pen of safety. That's right. So we are made, so getting back to Matthew chapter 7, we are made to build and create and have dominion. This is why we have any ability to create anyway, because we have dominion, because we have the ability to take the things that God has given us, the resources that he's given us, and turn them into something. Look at this beautiful building that we're sitting in this morning. This is a picture of dominion. It started out with all the resources that God has given us, even the, even the chairs and the cushions on our chairs. These are all resources that God has given us that we exercised our dominion over so that it would serve our purpose. We exercise our dominion within and under the covering of God's dominion, and we have things that will bless us and honor God. This is how we are supposed to use our dominion. Now, I want to point out, too, that we're not building alone. It says in John 14, when Jesus was, uh, was telling his disciples, he said, my father's house has many rooms. If it weren't so, I would, have told, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you so that you can be where I am. John 14, 2 and 3. Even as God has commissioned us to rule and to build and create, he is doing it right alongside with us and for us. Now, for our part of the rule, God has given us instructions on how to go about this. Psalm 127, verse 1, says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now, here I am telling you that God wants you to create and build, but this says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, how does how does that work out? How can it be one and not the other?" Yeah, Kurt. <laughs> okay, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So, oh, co labor co-laborers. That's good. That's good. Yep. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's not God building it or you building it. Because remember, he's given us this rule to use under his covering. And so we use our rule to build and create (coughs) with him. See, order brings freedom, but order is maintained through submission. Order is maintained through submission. Firstly, to Christ We submit to him and to his rule saying God you are the sovereign one I'm gonna follow you I'm gonna follow your instructions and through our submission to him we submit to one another too because it doesn't just stop with him sometimes we try to separate okay this is my demeanor and my feeling towards God this is my surrender and submission to him and here's people (laughs) see I'm gonna listen to God when he speaks but anyone else, I'm just going to drown them out. Because what they say, "Ah, this is between, God said no. And we'll we'll just put the God stamp on everything. If somebody tells you something that you don't like, it rubs you the wrong way, you can't just use the God stamp and say, oh, well, God told me to do it the other way. No, it it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't just dismiss one another. There's always, there's workings together that has to happen in order to grow us closer to the Lord and to help one another grow closer to the Lord. This is why our relationships with people is so closely related to our relationship with the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, they who build it labor in vain. But when we do build with the Lord, then it is something that is going to last, and it's going to outlast even us to be passed on to those who come after us. God has given us both power and authority to build and create. Now, these are two different things. Just because you have the power to do something doesn't mean that you have the authority to do so. doesn't make it the right thing to do. And that's where it gets a little bit dangerous. If you have a particular power and you enforce your power upon someone without authority to do so, we're causing damage. And we're going against the will of the Lord. Power is ability, while authority is is a, a given position. God has given us a power, and He has given us authority or commission to build and create within the realm of His instruction manual. In this parable too, He mentions these two different build uh, buildings and how they're built: one on the on the rock, and one upon the sand. And now, which one came under storms? Came under attack? They both came under attack, of course. They both came under attack. We're going to face the same situations regardless of what you build. You will face the same things. Opposition. And when it comes, that's when you will discover. If you didn't already know, if you weren't aware of it, that's when you will discover what you have built. What's the foundation of that thing? Because I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter how how beautiful or awe-inspiring that building is if it's sitting on a sand lot it's going to sink and it's going to collapse. Sometimes as people we want to make sure on the superficial level kind of on the outside everything looks nice and pretty and put together. But man if 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 that doesn't have integrity behind it, if that's just superficial and we're not really solidly grounded it's all meaningless because it's just going to go away. We can't worry about how things appear. We need to worry about how things really are because if they are in order and we are building on the rock, then it's just a matter of time until that structure goes up and that will be an awe-inspiring, worthwhile creation that you've built. We'll all come under the attacks. We're all going to face the storms, but what we are built on is what makes the difference, And no matter what does come our way, the Lord sees us through every single thing. Even, even as Jesus Christ himself came under attack and was rejected, and yet him, it says in Psalm 118, the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. In other words, the crowning achievement. The one who was rejected, even by his own people, was the one who God restored and said, no, this is my crowning achievement. And this is what the Lord does in us when we're building on the solid rock. No matter how much uh, opposition or adversity you come up against, no matter how beat down you feel at times, you just want to resist in your own flesh. But when we maintain our composure, committed to the Lord and his authority, he is the one who will take us and raise us up, even as he did with Jesus, because we're built on that solid rock. We cannot come collapsing down. And it's just a matter of being aware of the instruction manual that the Lord has given us here. He's not hiding himself from us. He's told us how to do this thing. It's not a secret. He's trying his absolute best to reveal himself and all that he is to us. And he says, build on this and you will win. Build on this and you cannot fail. excuse me, this is why it says in Psalms, the purposes of the Lord will always prevail. Many are the plans in man's heart, but God's purpose will always prevail. And so when we build within the realm of God's purpose, we will not fail. Instead, we will prevail. And every effort that we have put our hands to will prevail. Every um, first Saturday of the month, uh, Home Depot down the street over here, they do a kids event. They do a kids building event. And so before we got too sorely outnumbered, uh, we used to take our kids every first Saturday of the month over there, and they have these little packets that they give you. It's a little packet that has a number of supplies in it, and they have these tables set up. You sign in, they give you a packet, and you set up all the supplies along these tables where they have glue and they have some hammers, they have um, goggles, band-aids for the dads trying to use the nails and these nails that are about half an inch long trying to hold it. And, <laughs> and so you've got all these supplies and all the materials and all the resources that you need are right in the little pouch. It's all there. You've got all the little nails and things. Sometimes, you know, you don't you don't realize what's there. You gotta, you gotta dig for it, but all the t- all the materials are there. You just have to search for it. Just like we were talking about last week. God has given us all of the gifts in us that we need. Sometimes you just need to search for it a little bit more and ask us, ask Him to show us, show it to us and show us how to use it. But it's all there. It's all there. Nothing's missing. But the most important part is this right here. <laughs> has anybody here ever bought IKEA furniture? Oh man. Just know you, you gotta know what you're getting into. Am I right, Barb? <laughs> If you're going to get that, just know, this is gold. And even if you use this, you're usually going to end up with some extra pieces and parts and screws and nails. <laughs> but it usually will stand, when you, even if you sit on it. <laughs> this is the most important thing. This is the order. See, I, we know in our mind, we can't even look at the picture, this is what I'm trying to create. This is what I want. Just like Jesus said, this is what we're building. Here it is. We know what we want, but you've got to go through the whole thing to know how to get there. We've got to follow the order of things. Because if we see that, oh, okay, so so the, the roof has to get put onto the base and then and then the wheels, and we try to go about just by the picture, we're going to be going in out of order. I can't tell you how many times I've built something and then realized that a step was missed and you have to take apart what you already put together because you went out of order. We have to follow the order. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves having to backtrack and take more time and labor to undo what we did the wrong way and then put it back in order. Our God is a God of order, friends. And in that order is freedom and the power and dominion that he intended from the beginning. The dominion that he gave in the beginning has been restored to us And why don't we feel that way sometimes? Why do we feel weak? A lot of times we're using that dominion out of order. We're not using it the right way. There's an order to things that still exists. There's still a place for the boundary because that's where our dominion is protected. We try to step outside of that. I've overstepped my authority, and I put myself in a vulnerable place. He wants us to follow the order so that the things that you put your hand to will last and they will not fade away, but they will endure. And this is how we honor God. This is how we, we make sure that our hearts are in a right stance before him and the things that we're doing are building Right in alignment with Jesus, like you said, he's building and preparing a place for us. Well, when I do my building, I want to build an alignment with him, knowing that we're working as a team, as co-laborers, as you said, Norm. This is how we do this. Use your dominion in submission to him. This is how we protect that, in submission to him and to one another. He's calling us as a people, and Graceway even as a church, to order And there's reason for that. And that order is freedom. And freedom is what he wants for his people. And freedom is what he wants for the lost outside these walls who have yet to come to know Jesus as their Savior. And so until we operate in that order, in that freedom, we can't offer that to anyone else. So allow God's order to order your steps making sure that the way that you're investing yourself is building his kingdom, right, in alignment with him. This is what he's calling us to. This is his challenge for us. Build with him. Build according to the manual, in the right order. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the freedom that you have given us, And I thank you that along with your freedom, God, you have given us restored dominion. And I pray that by the grace of God, you would help us and counsel us to exercise this restored dominion in a way that builds your kingdom, in a way that honors your name. Far be it from us, Jesus, your people, to dishonor you by misstepping, by going out of order. But let your grace and Holy Spirit be upon us to use our dominion, bringing glory to your name in all that we do, so that the things that we do following your order, even just the the things that we're doing, would be a witness and a testament to the lost around us. Because it doesn't match up with the order of the world. They've got a different order of things. And so it's going to stand out when we move according to your order and not according to the world's. And may even that be a witness to them, to show them who you are a loving and perfect heavenly Father. We hear you calling us, Father, to order. Give us awareness and strength to follow accordingly. We'll give you the praise in all that we do, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you, family. It's Potluck Sunday, so enjoy a meal. And as you go from this place and go into this week, have it on the forefront of your mind, knowing that everything that you're doing is an investment, building on something. Build according to his order. Amen.